Welcome to People with Purpose. So many people are looking for meaning, but they don't know where to start. Imagine a world where everyone could just get their purpose out of them and then actually make it happen. I'm David Roberts, and I believe that we all have a purpose, and with focus and a little help, people with purpose make a difference. And this show is where these stories come to life. Hello, hello, and welcome to People With Purpose. Uh, this episode is a conversation uh, with Rachel Yagash, who is a serial uh, connector. Uh, she uh, helps uh, entrepreneurs and business owners forge uh, strong connections by joining the dots, in essence, uh, connecting people uh, to explore new opportunities and to uh, develop uh, new products and services and um, really to work together to create a, a better world. And uh, in this conversation, uh, we cover a whole range of things, uh, including you know networking, how to network, uh, lessons learned, um, and the importance of being kind. So I hope you enjoy this episode of People With Purpose. So Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, David. It's lovely to be here, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak with you today. Looking been forward good. to it. Yeah, but I've been looking forward to it as well. Well, we met quite a while back, didn't we? It was uh, over 12 months ago, wasn't it, we met? Yeah, we did at one of the lovely Rob Moore events. And I think, yeah, we just kind of built an instant connection there. That doesn't sound too cheesy. And then just realised that there might be ways we could collaborate and this being one of them. So good. thank you for actually making this happen. No problem. Well, welcome, welcome. So, uh, so what are you working on at the moment? So I'm actually in a really lucky position where I've um, been able to sort of start to set up a freelance, be act as a freelancer, connecting people, as you mentioned. And because I just really enjoy meeting new people and finding out about them and and then sort of thinking, oh, who do I know that they might be able to work together with? Who do I know who I can introduce them to that might be able to help grow their business? So I'm basically starting off, as I say, as a freelancer, whereby I'm connecting people to help their businesses grow through carefully curated qualified leads um, and that's putting me in amazing opportunities where I'm going to fantastic events brilliant summits and meeting people from the whole, all walks of life and just yeah that's that's what I've, I'm just lucky enough to be able to do that and it fits in very well with our lifestyle in terms of sometimes there's a bit of traveling involved so it's something I can do whilst supporting my husband and my stepdaughters and other things that are going on in our life so, I mean super lucky position to be in but that's where I'm, as we'll come on to, I'm a kind of very opportunistic person mm. and realising what a lucky position I'm in to be able to do that and help help people. So that's what I'm working on. But I'm also wanting to get more into um, impact investing. So social impact um, projects whereby you're investing in something that's doing a company or organisation that's doing something really good in the world and where you are not necessarily getting a financial return on the investment, but where you're seeing something fundamentally change um, and make society better. So that's an exciting thing at the moment as well. Brilliant. Well, that sounds fascinating. So so two really interesting things to to get into there then. So, so how did you get into uh, the world of connecting people? Um, I think it probably stemmed back from my previous career where I previously worked for a leading international law firm um, for a good 14 years, actually. It was it was a bit like the Shawshank Redemption where you become a bit institutionalized, but in a very good way. I'd say that in a positive way. Mm. And that those 14 years gave me um, many different roles within that firm 
it being international and having a broad range of um, divisions where you could go and work for. And so I think that sort of taught me how to connect with people and just realize how much I enjoyed meeting people in different areas, different business areas, and seeing how by having a natural flair for connecting people, how that could then help grow businesses. So part of my role in that when I was working at the law firm was client relationship management, which was how to grow relationships outside of what the lawyers might be doing and just to look for opportunities to yeah, help the firm grow their relationships with clients. Um, and then, so I did that for 14 years, but then I was lucky enough to then have an opportunity to work with a um, luxury shoe designer who was a, an entrepreneur in her own right. And she was also a mother and many other inspiring things. And I met her at a networking event and then we got on very well and she offered me the opportunity to go and um, do some work experience with her, which I have to say as well was thanks to the law firm that I was working for at the time who let me go and do that for a day. So I dropped down from five days to four days so I could go and do do work with her and then that ends up being being offered a long-term uh, a full-time role with her whereby I went to work with her on strategic collaborations and partnerships which is obviously all about thinking about how you can help maybe different businesses come together but grow but grow and meet new clients through that collaboration mm. so that's how I got into it and I just I've just I've just always had a kind of passion for meeting people and joining the dots and just it's just something I just get really excited by so Brilliant. And, and so were you, were you a kind of a, when you, when you were at school, were you one of these matchmakers then who were kind of like saw, saw a spark of love in the air and you would like put two people together and go on, go on, talk to him, talk to her, go on, all that sort of stuff. Were you doing, was yeah. it, did it start as early as that? I guess so. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm trying to think of, did I make any amazing relationships? <laughs> but, uh, I don't know if I can claim that, but yeah, I was always probably you know I had my thoughts obviously um everyone does but I was always that person that kind of you know noticed if someone was on their own and thought oh come on in you know why should we be leaving that person out and making mm. sure that everyone felt included and not try not to judge someone too much you know so I think I've always just had it in me to be aware of people around me and just being curious you know um I think if you're happy to kind of ask people questions it's amazing what you can discover about them and whether you have the same personality or a different personality it's just brilliant to meet people and learn different things and give you different perspectives on life so mm-hmm. um yeah so I guess it happened at school at uni and then and then as part of my career so cool and so there's quite, probably quite a lot of people out there who uh think about maybe going to a networking event uh, or or know that they probably need to sort of get out there and put themselves out there and all those sorts of things um you seem to have a natural uh, you know orientation towards it but but what what are, what are sort of the sort of things that people can do if they're kind of trying to get over that hurdle of actually putting themselves in a room with loads of strangers and what do you do the first you know who 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 do you talk to what do you do you know how do you navigate your way through that um, well, I have to say, I think it is just something I do naturally enjoy, as you've just said. Um, but even sometimes I have to be in like the right mood. And I would always advise don't, I mean, unless you've made a commitment, so obviously you should always keep your to your commitments. But I would always say don't go to something unless you are, it, it's, it's something that you do connect with or you do see the purpose of it because you're going to, you're going to go to that event or um, whatever in the wrong frame of mind so I'm always I always when I go to events because it's an interesting topic or I know there's going to be some great people so you're already starting on a sort of high vibe high energy um 
uh, from a high energy place. And also they normally like to have a coffee, just kind of get me right in the in the zone. But then also once you're there, I think it's just being just being grateful for the fact that there are so many cool people in the room where you could find brilliant connections or find out about an amazing hobby that they've got or an amazing achievement they've done or something that they've overcome. And so it can just be really fantastic being able to speak to people as if you keep yourself in a closed environment, um, you might have a bit of a blind side and not sort of think and see the world in with a greater perspective. So I think it's just being kind of open-minded and just going there. And, you know, you don't have to necessarily go, don't aim to go and network the whole room because I hate that. In fact, I don't really like the word networking because I think it's a bit fake. It's more about just having a genuine interest in talking to people and starting out conversations that you really do want to hear about them. Because I think if you start to ask just go up to someone for the sake of it just to kind of have a you know not not really interested in what they're saying I think that's where it can fall foul really so mm. I would always say just yeah don't try and over network but just you know go up to someone and introduce yourself and most people are friendly and are actually quite grateful that you've done that um and you know so I think some people are scared to do it. And, you know, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I'm nervous to do it, but I figure that if someone doesn't want to talk to me, then of course that's a, that's a, you know, prerogative and they don't have to talk to me, but then that's fine. Cause I'm sure there'll be someone else in the room or hopefully someone else in the room mm. that would want to talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Cool. Cause, um, cause sometimes, uh, well, I was, at, I was at a networking event last night actually, and uh, I kind of arrived probably about 25 minutes after it started. So there were already several people there. And I just stood next to a couple of people. There was nobody on their own because that's the, one of the first things that I would do is I would say, okay, is there anybody else who's on their own? who's just arrived, um, you know, a bit of kind of name badge banter or whatever it might yeah. be. Um, and, uh, and, and, but there wasn't anybody. So I kind of put, put myself sort of next to somebody and then caught a bit of eye contact and then said, uh, and, then, and then just, just introduced myself and said, hello, and who are you? And who are you? And please do carry on. I'm, I'm interested in your conversation. And then, and then you can kind of ease your way into a conversation that way around. Yeah. Well, I think that's right, David. I think that's why we got on so well when we first met, because I think we both had that kind of open-minded and that kind of confidence to well, just go up and speak to each other and just find out more about each other. So I think, yeah, I can see how that, how was true with you? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I had quite an embarrassing uh, situation because I, I, I arrived a bit late and then I had to leave early. Uh, and then, uh, and then I, I was talking to somebody and said, "Look, I'm sorry, I've got to go. I've got to go and do this, that, and the other." And then, twenty minutes later, I still hadn't managed to get out of. <laughs> out, out of the, so I went back to say goodbye to somebody, else, and and there they were. I said, "Look, I really genuinely am leaving now." But I think you know, if you can make light of these sort of things, and 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 it, it's not really that sort of a scenario where, um, you know, you're gonna you're gonna take things personally if if somebody does or doesn't want to talk to you because you never know what their goals are going to the event that they might have gone with somebody specific in mind they might therefore be looking around the room to see if that person's shown up they might see them arrive all of a sudden they lose interest in you but it's not mm. to do with you it's to do with them and what what they were supposed to be doing and why they're there so um, yeah. yeah and I think that's such an important point and that's where sometimes being um good at relationship building also you need to be kind of resilient and thick-skinned because as you just exactly said if someone doesn't want to touch you it's not necessarily personal to you uh, but you might not be their type but then that's fine because not everybody's going to like you there's how many billion people in the world and you can't expect everybody to like you so 
it's not it's something to be not taken personally if someone doesn't want to talk to you or like you say who knows whether someone's had a really crap day and they're just not in the mood but they've managed to get themselves to the event and well done them for being there but mm. they don't necessarily feel like opening up a conversation with a random so you just can't kind of like judge and I think that's a, also a bit of a skill too however in terms of like I try and without overanalyzing something because that would just be weird but I try and read <laughs> I try and read the interaction so if I sense they're getting bored or I sense they're just not comfortable with the situation it's kind of reading that and then knowing what, how to make it easy for them to move away mm-hmm. um, and then obviously occasionally there's times when I think oh this conversation really isn't going somewhere for me and I do feel a bit trapped so again it's finding a polite way of maybe moving away from a conversation but still but still showing respect. Yeah. But I think that's why I never set myself like, oh, you must go and meet 10 people today because I think that's where it can become a negative experience because the, there's nothing worse than when I've spoken to people, there's nothing worse when you can just tell they're just just looking around the room and not really paying attention to what you you're saying because that's not that's just not respectful um mm. but equally it's reading it if you're going into something into too much detail for someone just going okay they're not interested then move on so yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and there's always finally always yeah. you can you can kind of use to uh to extricate yourself from a conversation and just being honest you know and and i, I quite often uh, I've I've asked the question. So, have you got any specific goals in mind for 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 being here, or any specific reason for being here? And that can that can I mean, in a way, it's quite quite a, quite a closed question because because you could get a yes or a no answer. But um, but uh, but but it does kind of open a conversation up, and sometimes it gives you um a bookend to a conversation because yeah. if they haven't asked you why you're there then you can always loop back to that and say, well, I'm here to X, Y, and Z. Therefore, I'm going to go, it's been really great to meet you. I'm now going to go and do, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, and, you know, it's this little framing, you know, but conversations can be bookended, can't they, in a way? Yeah. So, yeah. No, completely. And I think having said that, you know, I also think that, like, there are times when I do have a bit of a strategy behind why I'm going to an event. And, you know, I make sure that I read up about who's hosting it, obviously, and maybe find out more about, if it's a panel, you know, what their interests are, so you can maybe ask some insightful questions. So, you know, there are some events where it's just a social thing and I'm there for, as a social, for social reasons, but there are other times when, you know, you, you do need to kind of be prepared and know why, you know, know what the panel's about, obviously, and know what who the panelists are and what their interests might be if it's a panel event, um, rather than just kind of going out there on a, on a whim. Mm. Um, so... And then, you know, I, having said that, there's also times where I just haven't, I really haven't felt like going to an event, but more often than not, when I've made myself go, got the energies up, levels up, it's always been a fantastic experience and I've met someone just brilliant. So yeah. I think it's, I think sometimes if you kind of go open-minded to an event and have that right frequency, you just do attract the right type of person in yeah. Um, to speak to. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Cool. So what what kind of um, uh, organisations do you do? You- uh, network on behalf of then or, or or work for have you got a specific focus or to be honest it, it's more I, I I keep it quite open because actually in some ways the the way I can differentiate myself is just the uh, uh, the broader array of contacts I have in different areas and different industries um so and I've thought many times about it should I just focus on one industry but actually by knowing people um in different organizations and doing different things that's actually where you can add value because someone will say, oh, Rachel's bound to know someone in this area, or if she doesn't, she's the type of person who will who will find that person for you. So actually, for now, at least, I'm finding it actually good to keep it um, 
broad um who knows maybe in time i need to change the strategy and just focus in one on one area but i think for now it works um to have broad protection and also it's just because i'm curious to meet people i mean i think if i for me i'd be narrow-minded if i just kept to one thing you know i, I can go to like a sort of tech conference and learn something that even though i'm the least tech person but then equally i love going to things where you know there's luxury brands or sustainable brands or so i think it really is it it's um for me, it's working at the moment to keep it more broad. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. And uh, you mentioned uh, sustainability, which again brings brings us back to the uh, to the impact. Um, sorry, social impact investing. Yeah. So, 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 what got you interested in that? Um, well, I mean, one of my favourite um, clubs where we're members of is the Conduit Club, and um, they are just it's set up by a guy called Paul Van Ziel, who's just this incredible. Um, South African humanitarian lawyer, but I mean, there are other, other founders involved too, but just a very inspiring um, person. And it's they've basically set up this the Conduit Club as a platform and a hub to bring people together who really want to make a difference in the world. You get all sorts of incredible entrepreneurs, philanthropists, investors who are there for the common good, who really don't want to just have the discussion, but they want to change the dial on something and off the back of those discussions, really make something um, happen. And not to say that other clubs aren't like that, Not, I'm not saying that at all, but for the Conduit particularly, it just draws in a certain um, a certain person and just their values. You can see it right from just in terms of how they've designed the building to um, the type of talks they put on, to the type of people that go there. I mean, in a polite way, there was one time, and I really respect them for it, where I turned up in at the reception with a plastic bottle and they said, all right, you know, we don't really do plastic in this building. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, God, I'm terribly sorry. And of course, and, you know, I think I just had, um, I think I just grabbed the bottle quickly because I was really thirsty. Mm. But they're quite right. I shouldn't, I should have my lovely sustainable bottle, which I do actually have. But I just have it on me at the time. But I liked that they called me out in a very nice way. Mm. And that was on the reception. So it just shows that throughout the organization or the club, rather, the values are across the board doing good by the world. And they have brilliant pillars, whether it's environmental, economic and political development. But it's just it's just a club that's full of great people. And that's where I kind of got inspired to find out more about um, impact investing because they also have a separate impacting investment arm and I sort of thought you know if I start to get into investment I want to start to invest in things where um, a really good something good is going to happen by it and you have to be you know you have to work out where your areas are because obviously there are so many things we could try and help with whether it's you know helping with poverty or helping the environment or something so it can be quite hard because you think oh god I don't you know I, I want to help do everything but you you can't possibly so you have to sort of pick your things but the Conduit Club gives you that um, amazing um, platform to meet people with different interests but with the greater goal of doing good by the world. Okay. So that yeah, that's how I got into it really. Cool. Mm. Well, that that sounds really interesting. And does that does that align then with your 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 mission in life? Have you have you got a mission or a purpose in life that that, that, that links with that? Um, do you know that that whole thing about purpose? I find that sometimes like quite a hard question because I think not everyone has has a sort of purpose in life, but you know, through the experiences you have in your own life and when you question what your values are and what what sort of motivates you and drives you, I think that can help you find find your purpose. So, you know, I'd love to be like someone amazing, like sort of Mother Teresa or work for one of these big organisations, but I just know that's not me in terms of that, you know, not through a bad way, but it's just not me. So I sort of think, well, how, how can I add value? And I think the greatest impact I feel I can have is where uh, through my kind of, 
ability to get on well with people and create rapport. If I can help um, people who haven't necessarily got contacts in certain places, but who would benefit from being put in front of someone, that's where I see I can add value. And actually, sometimes some of those connections I've made in the past have resulted in good conversations, and then they've been able to take it further and and generate something good off the back of it. So it's almost like I'm sort of the facilitator for greater things to happen, which some people would say, well, be more ambitious than that. But I'm quite comfortable and happy with being that person who puts themselves out there, thinks, oh my God, X person should meet X person, or those two organizations should come together, put it out to those people. If they like the sound of it, then I bring them together. And then it's great to then see that relationship flourish. And yeah, that's how I that's how I sort of see my purpose. Um, so I feel like it'd be a bit selfish if I just kept my contacts to myself and didn't share them around. Mm. Um, I mean, lots of people have contacts and stuff, but the, the thing is, I think because I'm you know lucky not to be sort of in a full time job as such and doing this on a freelance basis, I can be in lots of different places um, that other people could well be at if they had the time, but they might be growing their business and have other things to focus on, mm. especially if they're small entrepreneurs, which is the one people I do like working with as well, because, you know, there might be just a small team of them and a lean team. And whilst they might be the best person at building relationships, they haven't got the time. So if I can possibly go out and help those kind of people and keep an ear to a ground, ear to the ground for good connections, that's where I kind of get excited and where I see I can add, yeah, impact. Yeah, yeah. Well, and if you can be a catalyst for change uh, from, from that perspective by bringing people together, then that sounds like a like a great a great purpose. And, and or and, you know, purpose. I agree with you. Is a is a it's a bit highfalutin, isn't it? You know, and yes. I, okay, I've I've only gone and called a podcast people with purpose, but um, but it's it, great you've done that because you're probably questioning people and start thinking how they can. But like, it, I think sometimes people don't necessarily have this overarching purpose, hmm. but everyone can wake up and do something different, which might add value, even if it's not a huge thing. So, yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be huge. And, and, and it can be, it can be anything as, as, as you say, from finding, finding a, the solution to, to world poverty to, uh, to, 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 you know, being, being a good, a good, a good father in my case, or, or, mm -hmm. or whatever it might be. And, and then however you go about doing that, it's about, for me, it's about recognizing that, that there's that, there's that there's that thing inside you that 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 needs to come out and it needs to be expressed and and uh, yeah if you can find a way of um, of expressing that uh, that 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 gives you some form of, of fulfillment and joy and and all of that then then that's brilliant but it's not necessarily going to be easy either no no exactly um but also i think it's just having that the kind of courage just you know know where your sort of place is and so and there are people that kind of put themselves out a bit more than and, and they're the ones who can maybe be the game changers and and if i can just be the sort of facilitator and as i say make sure that the right people are in the right room together um because i do think i think outside the box like that as well i will sort of be i just went and that's when, when i'm in the zone i can i can i get really energized by thinking oh who should meet someone and i wonder if they've thought about meeting center and then if you can put that in place not so that they wouldn't have thought about it already but if you can put that idea to them and then make it happen that can be that can be really rewarding so mm. yeah yeah mm. well and you're right and i think when when you, if you're talking about people running businesses or um yeah, but, but no matter what size, really, I was going to say, particularly small ones, but I think people running quite big businesses as well, um, actually, you can get very focused on running the business. You can get very focused on the day-to-day, -day and those 
those connections that you might need to be making, those partnerships you might need to be making for to create that next opportunity. You know, it does take effort to take that step mm-hmm. back and kind of put yourself perhaps into a into a space where you can think about it for a while or into a workshop session to think, okay, so what are we going to do, um, you know, the longer term planning? And then to actually have somebody who can who can help you with 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 putting those connections together whilst you, you know, keep the wheels on the bus. I, I think a lot of people would find a great deal of value in that. Yeah, and no, I totally. it. And also I think things like, you know, I mean, you don't necessarily have to be an extrovert to be a good relationship builder on it. Far from actually. Sometimes if you're too over the top, it can actually put people off and be a bit overwhelming. Mm. But I think um, I'm also one of these people that I just, you know, I might be in a lift with someone. And and, and if I think that if, they, if they're wearing something male or female that I think is really nice, I'll compliment them on if I genuinely believe and like it. I wouldn't just say that in a fake way. If I don't like it, I just keep quiet. Mm. But if I do say, I'll say, oh, my God, wow, that's amazing. Where did you get that from? Or And actually just having the confidence to do that can actually start conversations. And I have actually met people like that where we then got chatting, I think, or maybe they just felt good that I've given them a compliment in a genuine way. And then that sort of put them at ease. And then that's what I mean by if you, there, there's always opportunities to meet people by, by just asking questions or or just being nice or just being kind. Mm. And um, yeah, that, that's what I sort of felt. And not everybody does that. Other people have different skill sets, but I think that's where, um people like working with me because they know that I kind of will just you know sometimes just be in the right place at the right time or just be that person that will be a friendly face and go and say hi mm. or, or kind and it's amazing how that can actually lead to some great con- conversations and great connections mm-hmm. and do you think things have um changed at all in the last um few years because if, if, if we look at what's happening in the world there's a lot more um awareness of things like um uh, you know, uh, d- diversity and all of those sorts of things. There's the whole, um, you know, woke thing, and then there's um, then there's the reaction to that. Um, do, do you see any of those kind of social trends uh, changing the way that we connect with people? Um, oh gosh, it's a good question. I mean, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess because I think that can only be a change for good because if we are more aware of those sort of things and how we interact with people and how we are more empathetic to people perhaps or get away from how we see things and be, as I say, blindsided, but like I said before, by just our, our potentially narrow-minded view to life, I think by being more aware of those things and being more conscious of how we speak and talk to people and respect people actually is yeah is definitely like a, a step in the right direction and I, I you know I think the pandemic also helped us to just be more kind of open about things and show vulnerability and be more transparent and um and just be kind I mean having said that I have seen some people that seem to be great during the pandemic and it was brilliant and then they seem to have gone back to being a bit selfish perhaps but you know we're human beings we all have our moments but yeah and I think um just yeah, it is definitely has those being more aware of those sort of things is making us interact better and just not be quite so narrow-minded about things, which is a it's a dangerous place to be. Hmm. But some people do I think some people don't mind, some people aren't curious. I think some people don't have the personalities to find out about people or how they're what they might say might be actually sort of offensive to someone else. So hmm. I think I don't know. It does take a certain level of maybe emotional intelligence as well, and also empathy. Yeah, yeah, and and mm. and that bit of awareness as well, because you know, I'm a I'm a oh, I'm a white a white male, you know, and um, and and so I, I've I've kind of become a little bit more aware 
of 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 the fact that just in in societal terms, um, you know, being a white male, you, there's there's privileges that that have that have come with that. You know, back along, and obviously things are that there's a whole thing about equity. Mm. And um, it's quite interesting, you know, that we're talking more about equity than equality uh, now, mm. and that, I think that's a, that's a positive distinction from the point of view of um, recognizing the differences between people, uh, but mm. um, but making sure that people have the same opportunity to get to the same outcome, as opposed to treating everyone the same, if you like, broadly mm. speaking. I think that's that's interesting. Um, but, uh, but I, as well, I have to say, like I was, I've been very lucky to interview the amazing Dame Kelly Holmes twice now, once online and once in person for the Conduct Club, actually. Okay. And I mean, you know, she's just an incredible person. The things, well, I mean, you know, she's a double gold um, um, winner at the Olympics. She's got numerous other accolades. Um, so that in itself is incredible. But then some of the other adversities she's had to come over and when she's obviously recently sort of come out and supporting kind of all the you know LGBT that she's just, I mean, she was a phenomenal person to interview. She had so much energy. She's so kind. She's so inspiring. But that made me sort of aware of a lot more things than I might have been and aware of before. Mm. Um, so I have to say that was a, yeah, it was a brilliant experience, but she kind of really, because she's just so kind of, you know, confident out for her cause and she just will help anybody. So I think speaking to her was a real eye-opener to some some of those um, issues, which aren't for us to talk about today. But nonetheless, it just, her open and transparency about things and also when she had some of the mental depression things that she overcame, um, I think uh, it, was, it was such an enjoyable experience speaking to her because also from what she's saying, I think she's inspired other people to to back themselves and to, come out about things and yeah fantastic women mm-hmm. so was there was there anything that came out of that conversation with uh with dame kelly holmes that that you've taken into your own life as a life lesson to adopt and and and, and incorporate into how you go about your daily work um i think just being more open-minded to everybody and their backgrounds and not making your own assumptions about someone and what they might or might not have been through but just being just yeah, being more open-minded, being more empathetic. Um, yeah. I mean, and lo- and, lo- and just I mean, loads of stuff really as well. Just like the fact that she over- overcame some very big physical injuries and still managed to win gold medals amongst all the other things she was dealing with. I mean, whenever I'm having a bit of a tough day, I sort of think, Christ, you know, it's not like anything near what some of the experience she's gone through. So whilst you have to keep your own life in perspective in terms of where you're at and you're not, I'm not ever going to be a, a gold winning, a gold, Olympian gold winner, um, gold medal winner, but um, you can still take inspiration from um, conversations like that and sort of maybe when things aren't so great, you know, on one day, let, let the kind of, you know, feel a bit down about it, but then move on from it if you can and show resilience because some people are going through much tougher things in life um, and have overcome them, which is obviously that's where the inspiration comes from for me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And yeah, and yeah, that bit of perspective is, is really, really helpful. And, uh, you know, sometimes um, there's, there's a kind of a, a strong case for, just that moment of of gratitude and uh you know looking at things from a different perspective and being thankful for for mm. for, for, for where where you where you are where i am you know and, and and all of that um is 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 really really helpful even even when things are really tough actually because because mm. you know and again not just from a sort of a comparative point of view but from the point of view of your own mindset 
you know, if any, any experience that you go through that that's that's really challenging, um, then they, invariably there's there's been some benefit, some positive that that's that's come out of it. And uh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. so and it doesn't uh, have to be someone like Dan Cade to inspire you because you know, there's lots of just what I call normal people like me that can still be inspiring, but just just the way you know the way human beings are able to cope with some things and or just acts of kindness that people have shown or I don't know I just and it just goes back to my point my love of meeting people because you can always find something interesting about someone or find out about how they've approached something that you can just think oh you know I might take a leaf out of their book and apply that to my life or um because I'm always believing a 360 approach and sort of constantly, sometimes I overthink things. So I do need to watch that a bit, but I think you can always learn from other people and what they've done and what they've overcome or just things that they've taken enjoyment from. And, mm. you know, you can learn new things basically. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And stay curious. That's, that's, that's really key. Cool. Yes. Yes. So, so um, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned then in your life so far? Um. Oh, God, that's a good question. I mean, I think I'm always learning, to be honest. And I, and I, I like to approach life like that, actually, because, you know, you always, I do like to always improve and things. But I think it's I think it's always coming from a place of kindness and always to show kindness, which I know sounds a bit cliche, but I have, I do, I am genuinely a kind sort of person. And I do feel like if you show that kindness and don't get caught up in yourself, actually, it can be just really um, rewarding. But also to be resilient and there are going to be things that happen in your life that you don't uh, that are challenging. But if you kind of learn learn a lesson from them and see how you can improve the next time, I think that helps. And, and what about um, what about uh, uh, have you had any experience of kind of having to um, overcome a kind of an unexpected uh, challenge and um, and uh, have have you navigated your way through that in your walk? Um. Probably one of the um, biggest challenges was maybe when I did leave the um, leading international law firm, which was it just was such a brilliant firm to work for on so many levels. And in some ways might have been some people's dream job. Um, so then and, and it was just such a well-oiled machine and there were huge teams doing everything. And so, you know, everything was sort through. So there were no real kind of mistakes were made. I mean, yeah, in the skeleton. But um, so coming from that sort of place of comfort and security and there was lots of job, you know, lots of opportunities for career development and so many amazing. I can't say enough things about that firm positive thing it's just brilliant so then I moved from that to a smaller enterprise when I worked for the shooter I mean that was also an incredible opportunity but it was it was a challenge to overcome in terms of suddenly it was like oh there aren't all these people that can sort of help you do things which was a brilliant thing actually because it makes you kind of muck in a bit more and get your hands dirty and and work as a smaller team to get things um done but that was probably one of the biggest challenges I've overcome but in it of itself because I always like to see the silver lining things it presented me with another industry in which to work it being shoe design rather than the, the law firm and it introduced me to a whole load of other people so again shows that whilst it was a challenging environment and it took me a little bit of time to sort of settle in it, you actually realize you actually learn other skill sets um you know you think more like an entrepreneur you get to see the kind of the every aspect of the business which you wouldn't necessarily have seen when you're working for such a big firm because you're in one part of a, a big machine whereas um working for a smaller company you sort of see everything and I was lucky enough that the the founder was incredible to me and she kind of brought me in on many things and exposed me to lots of um business um strategies and things so 
it, yeah, so it was, a, it was a good experience, but it was it was a challenge at the beginning mm. and just getting something and and changing industry. But I'm glad I did it, and actually, it just hopefully shows people that you know you can pivot into something else, and actually, it's just having the guts to do it, not letting the gremlins you know, kicking and say, oh, why would you do that? And I had a lot of people say to me, are you mad? You're leaving like one of the top law firms um, to go and work for a smaller company. What are you thinking? But I think it's just, again, being strong and just knowing that that going by your instinct, I just knew I needed a change and I knew it would present other opportunities. And it, I'm so happy I did face up to the challenge and and many great things have come about and, you know, I've still got like, good relationships with both of those employers. And I think it just made me a more rounded person and, and certainly opened me up to other things I wouldn't have necessarily seen if I just, just stayed with the, um, with the law firm. So what, so at that moment then, when you made that decision, yeah, how, what did it feel like? Um, well, do you know, when I actually came to it, it was okay, because I think I took about a year <laughs> to kind of make the decision <laughs> and build up the confidence to do it. So I think um, once I'd done that, I mean, God, if a year's not enough to help you decide to keep then I didn't know. Then I think I felt comfortable. I thought, no, I've thought this through. I've taken on board people's, different people's um, you know, perceptions as to whether or I shouldn't do it, but now I've got to face my gut feeling and work out what is the next best step for me and be open to the opportunity because I think once I came to actually make the move because I've thought about it for such a long time it, it actually felt right and it was very sad because it's like my second home and we spent as I said I wasn't a lawyer but we spent many long hours at that firm hmm. but it was a great a great place to work a great environment so I was very sad to leave hmm. and you know I, I miss it to this day many of the things because the, there are so many brilliant things it's brought to my life but um I think I just had finally got my head around and I thought right throw yourself into it and just, you know, do it. And if it doesn't work out, then there's all, you can always learn from your um, poor decisions. You can always learn, I think. And I think that's why I love reading Elizabeth Day, you know, what's, has, she's got a book on failure, hasn't she? Like learning from failure or something in Elizabeth Day. She's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think she's got loads of examples in there where, um, you know, people have um, had failures in inverted commas, but have actually taken something from it and, you know, benefited from it yeah yeah and I, I think i think she's got a podcast as well i think with a similar, yes. similar theme i think yeah, yeah 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 so um yeah and it, and it's great and also you know what's the what's the worst that that, that could happen i think you know you you, you I, i've left jobs and i go look, look back through my career and i've i've left jobs and i've thought well i mean there was one company and, and i left that i left that business and this is when i was fairly young and uh, I left because the leadership team I thought the culture was toxic and then mm. and then a few weeks later the leadership team got sacked so after right. after I left so somebody else had noticed that as well so you sort of then start thinking well what if I'd stayed but you know actually I, th- I then moved into a, a new a new opportunity that was going to give me um uh, new things and 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 actually I was happy uh, moving forwards and I think mm-hmm. that's the thing it, it's about making making progress if 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 the the narrative of life is is kind of you know struggle to progress struggle to progress then it's about making progress and you've got to make a decision and go for it and um yeah yeah yeah, sometimes the gutsy way is 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 a good way to go (laughs) so um so let let, let me ask you about who inspires you the most and and why why then so one of them obviously as i've mentioned is dame kelly Holmes, just because of um well, winning gold medals in difficult circumstances and then just all the things she's done since. 
Um, I also really am getting into at the moment, and these are just women. I should think about men, men and women inspire me, obviously. Um, but I love at the moment Marie Folio. She's this kind of businesswoman. She's American. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, I just love her energy. And I think she's also been very open about um, about her past experiences and you know what she's learned from them and I think she's now realized that her sort of purpose in the world is to share those experiences and get other women with the confidence and the conviction to go out and set up their businesses and manage their time well so they can do it and she's just a very inspiring figure. I mean there's lots of people out there that do her stuff but I just I think she's one of I like her energy and I think she's just one of these people that doesn't get influenced by what the others are doing and she does stay in her lane and yeah so she's been very inspiring obviously my husband which I know is a cringy thing to say but he's a, an incredible lawyer himself and some of his the way he thinks and approaches life and manages a whole load of difficult things that he's just fabulous and the mindset and his quick how he's very quick-witted and so yeah I mean there's so many people I mean that's probably quite a bit of a cringy answer but they're they're some of the some of the key people and then the good old queen I know that's but I did actually go and see her lion state last year um when she unfortunately passed away but you know what I think how she held society together and I think whether you like the royal family or not she was someone and most people could see that she kind of offered us consistency and um you know good behaviors and she just really she threw herself into that role massively and I think that was really inspiring so yeah that's a good list. And I don't think there's any any cringiness about your husband uh, being an inspiration. I know, but then where do you stop? Because obviously my parents are too. And yep. so, yeah, actually, there's this other lovely, amazing lady called um, Pinky Lilani. She is just sensational. She just she's one of these women that has helped other women as well, where they they've been entrepreneurs and she's helped them with their business and, and just achieve things. And she's just an incredibly kind person and a very good network herself. But she's she's just a brilliant. So there's that I haven't necessarily gone for the big names out there. That a lot of people say, but those ones are ones that are important to me. And as I say, family members. But I don't want to be here forever listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You and Tiny yeah. David, well, t- t- you with the podcast and everything. And that's inspiring. So I maybe might want to do a podcast one day in terms of my own. So cool. I think I do. I genuinely think there's inspiration in in a lot of, in everybody. Really, if you if you're just curious enough to find it, and um, yeah. No, I agree with that, and I think I think part of the reason why I asked the question is because it's interesting because I'm I'm a bit like you, you know, from the point of view of being interested curious wanting to learn and uh so sometimes you know you can you can hear things that are that are that are quite surprising uh, and yeah. some and sometimes you know pe- people different people notice different characteristics about people don't they so yeah. so yeah so um uh, yeah marie Frolio um uh, it's, it's not the first time that that she's been mentioned as as being an inspiration but but perhaps for for different reasons, um, mm. and uh, but what I suppose the thread really that comes through uh, most about uh, people that inspire others is is their authenticity. Sure, there are the yeah. things that they achieve, um, but it's their authenticity and um, and that because because people connect with people, and I suppose that brings us in a way right back to the beginning about about you know connections. Um, being your being your authentic self yes. um, for me is is the thread that I've seen come through all the different people that 
um, that, that have inspired uh, the, all the people that I've spoken to. And so that's then a message then for, for us as people. If, if we want to inspire others or if we want to make a positive uh, change in the world, then being authentic means that people who resonate with you will navigate towards you. And you you said that yourself when yes. connecting with others. Um, so um, that's quite a big big message for me that that that, um, that I think is important for us all to understand and take confidence from. I think you're right. And I think if you veer off that, that's where it becomes very inauthentic and people can sort of pick that up straight away. Like I think I've, when I've maybe tried to tone down, I have got by nature quite a bubbly personality and most people like it. And I think I are warm, are warmed by it and they, it can lift some people up sometimes, but obviously it's going to be a bit much for some people. But um, I think that whenever I've tried to maybe veer towards that more, okay, let's turn it right down. Let's be that kind of corporate person haven't necessarily created quite the same rapport mm. with somebody because I think they're re- they can sense it's a, a front. And I just, I just don't believe in putting on a front. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, being authentic is really, is really important to me. So cool. Quite right yeah. too. Yes, indeed. <laughs> good, good. Well, Rachel, it's been brilliant uh, speaking with you. Um, is yeah, there anything that you'd like to say to, uh, to, to conclude our conversation? Um. I don't think so. I mean, we've kind of covered some great ground and um, I don't think there's anything else to, that I want to get out. But thank you for giving me this chance to talk to you and um, share some ideas and yeah. bouncing around. Yeah, it was very, very cool. Thank you. No worries. It's been great to talk. And so how can people uh, find out more about you and, and if they want help with connecting with others or just want to follow your work? How, how can people do that? Mainly on LinkedIn. So I'm on, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. That's my kind of, I'm on, I'm on some of the other platforms, but where I'm, um, where, where it's easiest to find me is on, is on LinkedIn. So. Okay, cool, cool. Well, we'll, yeah. we'll put your LinkedIn profile details in the, in the show notes and then uh, people can, uh, can get in touch if they want to find out more. Thanks for listening to People With Purpose. I hope you've enjoyed the show and are enjoying going on this journey. Please remember to like and subscribe and give us a five-star review. Uh, tell all your friends. And if you're interested in finding out more about any of the things we've covered in this episode of People With Purpose, just get in touch. All the details are in the show notes. Thanks. Bye.